So when we did that three years ago, you've changed from three years ago. If you were, if you were here, if you weren't here three years ago, then you, you've definitely changed. And so it's this great opportunity. And we're doing this because it's all part of, of Thy Kingdom Come. This prayer initiative that was set up by the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Archbishop of York. And you may think, well, I don't really know what Thy Kingdom Come's all about, apart from some words in the Lord's Prayer. What does it mean exactly? And so we've got a little video now that we're going to show you, just to kind of help you maybe understand a bit about why Thy Kingdom Come came about. God placed on the Archbishops of Canterbury and York's heart the importance of evangelism and witness. And of course, this must start in prayer. So in 2016, the Archbishops of Canterbury and York put out a call to prayer. The message was to the Anglican Church worldwide to pray for people to come to faith in Jesus Christ. They decided this should happen between Ascension to Pentecost drawing on the traditional times of prayer as the disciples did in Acts 1 and 2. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. Then they returned to Jerusalem and were constantly devoting themselves to prayer. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. Before long, Roman Catholics, Methodists, Baptists, and many other denominations across the world began to join in Thy Kingdom Come, rediscovering the richness of this historic tradition. Momentum quickly built up, with Christians in different countries around the world beginning to pray together during these 11 days for five people they knew to become Christians. Year on year, more Christians joined the global wave of prayer, gathering to pray in small groups, churches, families and as individuals. Prayer took place everywhere, in the streets and in church buildings, in schools and in community spaces in homes and on public transport, all over the place. Sometimes they prayed continuously for the 11 days, and other times they prayed in the mornings and evenings, or as a family together, or an individual saying a five-minute prayer on the go. People gathered to pray and celebrate, irrespective of their ecumenical differences. Roman Catholics and Methodists, Pentecostals and Anglicans, Baptists and Orthodox, side by side praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit to work in them for others. Now Christians in more than 100 countries are uniting in this prayer. Come Holy Spirit, let your kingdom come during this time. Will you join us? So that's a bit about thy kingdom come. Now where's Emily? Emily, stand up. So if you're, if you're a child who goes to primary school or a bit younger, Emily's going to stand over there now, just by that table there. Go on, Emily. And I want you to now, now go with Emily. We've got something specially fun for you to do this morning. So if you want to go with Emily and not listen to me, this is the opportunity, basically. And now you find the adults are going... <laughs> So if you want to go off with Emily, and while you're doing that, Peter's going to read for us. Uh, this morning's reading is taken from the book of Hebrews, 
Uh, it is chapter 7, verse 23 to 27. And if you'd like to follow along in the Pew Bibles, it is page 237 of the New Testament. Furthermore, the former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercessions for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens, unlike the other high priests. He has no need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own, sin, for his own sins and then for those of the people. This he did once and for all when he offered himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Peter. Now, hopefully when you, when you came in, or at some stage, you've been given a star this morning, and you've been given one of these, one of these small cards that says, Thy kingdom come, pray, pray for five. Have you all got one of them? I think we have. Wonderful. If you haven't got one, Julie, have you got them? Yep, basically, just at the back there. So if you haven't got one, just raise your hand now, and we'll... Um, We'll give you one of each. We'll need them a bit, a bit later on in our service. And as we do that, shall we pray? So Lord, help us to understand a bit more this morning about what it means to know you as the king of the world who is praying for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, you may have noticed something, you know. I notice this all the time. I'm sure you notice it as well. When you kind of come through that door in church, or when you, when you kind of leave from church, you see these two boards. They're kind of, as you come in, they're on the right-hand side. As you go, they're on the, on the left-hand side. They are the boards that tell you all the previous rectors. In, in this parish, basically, it's not unique to this church. You'll find it in other churches in Jersey. You'll find it in churches all across the UK as well. My question is this. Where are they now? Yeah, quite a lot of them, apart from the last four. Well, I'm here and the last three are still alive. But anyone before that is is dead. Some of them are are buried outside in the, in, in the churchyard. Some of them uh, are buried elsewhere. We, we don't know where, but that's where they are. They are dead. And that was exactly what happened in the Old Testament. Because what happened in the Old Testament was that you became a priest, you were appointed a priest until you died, and then a new priest was, was appointed. In fact, in Jersey, it was the case until... It's happened less than 20 years ago that you could be the rector of a parish and you could stay until you died. Isn't that a dreadful thought, eh? You could, you could stay until you died. In fact, there's one rector in Jersey who still can do that. 
He can, he can stay until he dies. But what we read about in that passage of Jesus, what do we read about that passage of Jesus? Jesus, in the book of Hebrews, was often compared to the Old Testament priests, or in particular, the king priest, who was the high priest. And in that particular passage, what we have is we read how Jesus is a priest who has a permanent priesthood because he continues forever. So let me ask you a second question. Where is Jesus now? Where is Jesus now? I wonder if you've ever thought about that question. You see, what we get told in the, in the Bible, of course, and what we remember from last Thursday, and this particular Sunday we remember, is that Jesus died on Good Friday. He was raised back to life on Easter Sunday. And 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. And the, for the disciples, kind of like everything changed when they saw Jesus ascend. We often think that the resurrection changed them and the resurrection did change them we often think that what comes next next Sunday the Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit changed them but also something happened at the ascension because then they understood how Jesus was the king of the world and is the king of the world here's why they understood that who's been to Rome anyone been to Rome yeah, put your hand up if you've, been, if you've been to Rome. If you've been to Rome, you may have seen this particular picture. It's near the Colosseum in Rome. It's called Titus's Arch. Because in the ascension, what was happening was this. That Jesus was now not being compared to a priest, he was being compared to a king. Because in the first century, what they believed was, if you were the Roman emperor, when you died... Your soul left your body and you ascended into the heavens and became a godlike creature. And you can, you can see this if you look under this arch. This arch is Titus's arch. He was a first century Roman emperor. And if you were to stand underneath the arch, kind of like where the arrows are, and look up there, like I'm looking up now, you'd see this, this kind of depiction in the arch of Titus being carried by an eagle into the heavens. And so when we read in the Bible of how Jesus is described as how he ascended into heavens, they were making a statement. They were saying, forget what had ever happened to the Roman emperor before. This is something at a whole different level. That Jesus was the king of the world. And so the third question I want to leave you with this morning is this. What is Jesus doing now? Ever wondered that? What is Jesus doing now? If he's, if he's in heaven with, with God the Father, what's he doing now? And of course, what we find out in the Bible, not once, not twice, but three times, is he's, he's praying for you and me. Isn't that encouraging? That he's praying for you and me. We get told in this passage how he lives to intercede for us. We get told in Romans 8 how Jesus intercedes for us. We get told in 1 John 2 how Jesus the advocate, is our advocate to God the Father. He is praying for you and for me. If you don't know what intercession is, it's quite simply this. It's when you pray to God for the needs of others or other people or other situations. 
That's what it means to intercede for you. And so I find it very encouraging to know that Jesus is praying for me now. Don't you find it encouraging to know that Jesus has been praying for you? And guess what? He's been praying for you and he's been praying for me from the moment that we were born. He's been praying that we would kind of get to know him. He's been praying that we would understand that he is our saviour and what he did for us by dying on the cross for us, for our sins. He's been praying that we would then come and have a relationship with him. And he's been praying that if we then enter that relationship, that we would play our part, that we would participate in bringing about his kingdom, the kingdom of God in heaven on earth. And you know, I find that so encouraging because when I think about it, there was, there was, there was and there is no better prayer than Jesus. You know, most, most Christians, most people I know think that their prayers are rubbish, don't we? We kind of look at things and we think, oh, my prayer's just inadequate. But to know that the best prayer ever is praying for you and is praying for me right now. Isn't that so encouraging? Because here's what I know as I, I kind of keep reading the Bible and as I kind of see in my life, while God doesn't have any favorites when it comes to prayer, all our prayers are valid, if you like. They don't all carry the same weight. And we know this subconsciously. Maybe we've just never, never thought about it before. While all our prayers are valid, they don't all carry the same weight. There's a classic example of that in Mark chapter 9, where there's a father who brings to the disciples his son. His son is possessed by a demon, and he asks the disciples to cast out the demon, and they can't do it. And yet Jesus can do it just like that. And so the best prayer is praying for you, and he's praying for me. And if you, if you know Jesus in that way, he's praying that we would then participate. That we would play our part in bringing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because as Justin Welby said, the best decision anyone can make at any time in life, whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever they are, is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And so one way in which we can do that this morning is through what we call Thy Kingdom Come and this, this card, Prayer for Five. It's praying for the, for the people who we know, who, who we love, who we care, who perhaps don't know Jesus like we know Jesus, that they would come to know him in this way. Because that's what Jesus is praying. Jesus is praying for you, Lord, just help them. Help them. Help whoever we are. Help Ian to be able to talk about Jesus to the people he knows and he cares for. He's praying exactly the same for you. And so what we've got is we've got a star and we've got a prayer for five card. And what, we'd, what I'd like you to do now is, is on the star is to... On the, on the side that doesn't have the bit of double-sided sticky tape on it, is to maybe write five names. If you can't think of five, just think of one or two or, or three of people who you know, who you love and who you care for, who don't know Jesus, that they would come to know him. 
you don't have to write their surnames because I'm going to ask you to hand this in. You might want to just write their initials. That's absolutely fine. And just write them on this card. And then on the Pray for Five card, you write the same name. So if you can think of five, you write, you write five. If you can only think of three or one, you only write three or one names. And then what I want you to do is take the card and put it in your pocket or put it in your, in your wallet or put it in your purse, whatever. And then what I want you to do with, with this star is to just bring it. Bring it out to the front when you've wrote the names on and just put it in this, in this basket here. And then what we're going to do after the, after the service and so on, I've got the ones from, from 8 o'clock in here already, is, is we're going to put them all on this star. And we're going to keep bringing out this star starting from, from next Sunday and to, to pray for those people. So while you're thinking, and maybe you're thinking, well, what does that look like for me in terms of what are the names and who should they be? We're going to watch a, a little media clip now that talks a bit more about some of the impact of what praying for someone and the difference that can make to their life. And then at the end of this video, if you just kind of come out and just put your star in the basket there. Very often people question and debate the purpose of prayer, and they do so understandably. But when they do, I often find myself thinking of individual stories, an individual like Luke, for example. Luke is an artist and filmmaker whose drug addiction took a grip of his life in his late 20s. Luke's ambitions and relationships fell apart and the darkest period of his life took hold. He realized he had a serious problem and tried everything within his capacity at the time to get well. Nothing worked. Unknown to him, throughout this period, his mum had been praying this very simple prayer. Please, Lord, welcome Luke and let him know you're with him. This addiction is beyond our influence. I pray you can send the right people to help and I pray you can give Luke a second chance to do the work. I truly believe you intended for him. Well, one day, a chance meeting with a stranger led him to church, except it obviously wasn't chance. On that day, Luke encountered Jesus Christ. A network of prayer and recovery groups quickly opened up to him. Now, after over seven years of continuous sobriety, Luke is free from the terror and pain of addiction. He participates in running the recovery groups that helped him and takes the experience and hope into presence. He's traveled the world making films, many of which are about the life-transforming love of Jesus Christ, including this one. The prayers spoken by Luke's mum and his subsequent freedom from addiction echo many thousands of life-transforming testimonies around the world. Whatever our struggles, through the confusion and the mess of the world, when life just doesn't make sense, or when it makes huge sense, so both in our darkest and in our happiest moments, Christ is with us, always. Through prayer, Jesus invites us to come alongside him, to take part. God doesn't only meet one in the depths. Christ is available to each of us. He's there for us, wherever we are. 
whatever our story is. That's why I invite you to join the many thousands of people that have already pledged to pray during Ascension and Pentecost so that more people would come to know a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ.